Hi, listeners. I'm Hannah. And I'm Bianca. And today we're going to discuss self-worth and self-care. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And let me just tell you something, I feel that 100%. Today, we're going to start out by hearing Bianca's experiences and her journey to finding her self-worth. So, grab your coffee, get comfy, and let's take back Sunday. We've heard the common adage, you can't pour from an empty cup. And I've never been more passionate about a phrase in my entire life to date. Ironically enough, when I would preach this to my friends, I was absolutely pouring from an empty cup. Hell, that cup was empty, broken, and had found its way to a local artist piece titled All the Broken Pieces. Picture it, 2018, Sicily. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, it was 2018. And I have talked about this before. I was in a committed relationship with two children. My life had literally gone from zero to 100 in no time. Before, I made choices for only myself. I didn't have anyone else to consider. I didn't have to think about the consequences of my choices and how they would affect anyone else. Life in Green Valley, very different. I had a man to clean up after. I had two small children to keep alive who I really didn't know. At first, it was wonderful. This was the only thing I'd ever wanted, but when that honeymoon phase was over, Lord Jesus, dishes were falling out of the sink, onto the counter, laundry was always in a state of disarray. Is this pile clean? Is this pile dirty? Did we start the dryer? Girl. (laughs) I feel like Uh, that is such a common thing. The laundry, the never-ending cycle of laundry. It's like... It never ends. It never ends. And then on top of that, I was teaching at a new school, tackling huge projects with my fearless content partner, Laura, and I think that's the only thing that kept me sane during the school year. It filled my cup in that chaos. But at the end of the day, I'd come home, I'd have two small kids who needed homework done, needed dinner cooked, laundry needed to be done, shower fights had to be had because you know that those kids are fighting for showers. They nasty. They nasty. Kids in general are nasty. They don't want to shower. And then the hour-long bedtime battle of brushing your teeth. If you know, you know. There were evenings that sometimes my partner wouldn't be around until it was bedtime. Or after all of those things had been done already. And then dismiss my short fuse and make me feel like I should have so much more patience than I had. And I really did believe him. I would go to bed feeling worthless. I would feel shame. I would feel incredible guilt that I was ruining the childhoods of these two beautiful children who were already going through something so drastic. And then when I would try to talk to him, it would have to be at night because he was always doing something for himself. And then it would be when we were in bed. And then I would get told that I was always picking fights before bed and I would be shut down. So again, more shame, more guilt. I lived 40 minutes from my entire life where I had everybody my family, my friends. I had nobody that I could just go visit casually during the week to get a small reprieve from what felt like the weight of the world. So I ended up relying on Facebook Messenger and texts. And it's just, it's easier to fake it and pretend like I'm living my best life anyway In that at that time. Less people to tell me all the things I'm doing wrong. 
And then slowly those friendships became more casual than close, and I was isolated in what felt like my own personal hell. Now, did I absolutely love my children? You bet your sweet ass I did. And I still do. I will always love those children. They taught me more about myself and about life than anyone has to this day. Did I love their father? I did. Very much. But was I getting what I needed in my relationship with him? No. Not aside from the basics, like shelter, food, and safety. Did I try to express my needs to him? Many times. Each time I was told he didn't understand why I was always asking for more and why I couldn't just be happy with what we had. Well, because we never did anything together. Just the two of us. We talked about this in the relationships episode. You have to honor your relationship. You can't just stop dating each other. Date each other. Wake up and intentionally choose your partner. We would go on the occasional date, but I bet I could tell you on one hand the amount of times we got a sitter to watch the kids so we could go on a date. Because that number is zero. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't want anyone to come sit with the kids because he would feel guilty that he is leaving them at home to go out and just have fun. And in my state of health now, that should have been a clue to me that he needed to get some kind of therapy himself. Well, and it's okay for him to be away from the kids as long as you have them. Yeah. He could go and do things. And do fun things. But that's probably why he didn't need it as much as you. You know, because he was still honoring his self. Yeah. And his needs. And you were not. Yep. I would get told, you need to find a hobby. Okay. Well, I don't know how to do anything. (laughs) So I just, it was, it was impossible. It was impossible. But then if we did go on dates, it was when the kids were with their mom. And then even then it was, he was wanting to get back to the house to work on his hobbies. You know, it just felt like I was a placekeeper. And I expressed that a lot. I felt like I was just a placeholder, somebody there to just take care of everything. Yep. And our relationship was just a facade of happiness because I couldn't admit that I had failed. You know, I up and left my home and my family and moved in with this man. And there's no way that I was going to say, well, that didn't work out and come home. There's just, I have, I had too much pride. And it's honestly, I was made to feel like I was the problem because he didn't ever complain about anything. It was always me asking to have my needs met for quality time. And he would never ask for anything more from me. So again, in my state of health, I can see now that it's probably because he didn't want me. He didn't need anything else from me because he didn't want me. He didn't need me in his life. Whereas I needed him. So you're probably thinking, why in the world are you trying to relive all of this? And I say this to get to our point of today's episode that I think self-worth is critical to your survival and your mental health. I had none. I had no self-worth. I did not value myself or see myself as valuable in any way other than the ways I could give or help others. I didn't ever, not one time, feel that I could just show up in a relationship and be good enough. Just me. And that's why I stayed for so long. Because who would want the bitch that complains all the time about being unhappy? Someone who is, quote, unattractive in every way. And yeah, that exact phrase was said to me. 
in 2019, after I had lost 20 pounds, to make him happy because he was up every morning at 5, working out in the garage. This was while I was in a medically induced state of menopause to try and heal the endometriosis that I have so I could carry his child. Who would want me? So I stayed. I stayed for more than a year after he said that to me. I stayed after he referred to us trying to conceive as a science experiment. I stayed after he watched me bust my ass to work out and lose weight, yet never had praise to share for me, but rather critiques and what things I could do better. I stayed after he decided that he didn't want to participate in that science experiment anymore. After I had undergone surgery, medical procedures, and that menopause twice, I stayed. Because who's going to want me now? I didn't even want myself. And thinking about that now, that was so unfair to me. Self-worth is described as a feeling that you are a good person who deserves to be treated with respect. I did not value myself as a person, so I didn't know what my worth was outside of this relationship. And then it ended. And I felt hollow. I felt like a shell of a person. And I've heard that so many times. But I've never understood the gravity of that pain until it was mine. I've explained it as a black hole. I felt completely untethered from the earth like I was just lost. I didn't talk to anyone anymore. I stayed in the room at my parents. I finished the TV show that he and I had started that was supposed to be scary, but ended up being a stupid love story. (laughs) And I just kind of ceased to exist. And reflecting on this time now, it's because I placed all my worth and all my value into this relationship. And without, without that, I didn't know who I was. It's taken me three years to get to where I am right now in my life, where I know my worth and I know my value. And I know what I bring to the table. And I don't let anyone shake that within me. I never would have gotten here without my therapist and her asking me the hardest question I've ever had to answer. Who are you if you just show up as you? Not if you show up in the ways that you help and you give, but who are you if you show up with no expectations? And y'all, I had no idea. And I started sobbing in, in therapy day one. I'm just like, I guess this is where we start. I felt like there was this part of me for so long that wanted to be acknowledged as worthy and I couldn't even do that for myself. So she gave me homework. She told me to draw myself on a piece of paper and all around that she wanted me to write down times or ways that I felt like my best self, where I felt happy, like I'm not having to do anything for anyone to feel that happiness. I literally had homework to try and figure out my worth. And I remember being very quiet and she asked me, what are you thinking? And I remember telling her, what if I can't think of anything? And she looked at me and she said, that's okay. Because I know you're worthy and I know that you have value. And I was like, I just met this woman. So I went home and I drew my picture and I have it right here. And it's ugly as hell, (laughs) y'all. It is a stick person with crazy ass hair. And at the very top, I put when I'm at Hannah's house. Because I can tell jokes. I can laugh. 
I can, I'm relaxed and there are no expectations of me. I said when I'm with my brothers, because we're always laughing and we're not pretending because they know who I am. I don't have to put on an act, you know, they get it. Even work, I felt like I'm, all, I'm always laughing at work, even when it's crazy busy. I am always laughing with the people that I work with. And so I came back. I took this back to therapy. And we found out that it's when I had no expectations to be any kind of way or act a certain way that I was at my happiest. And that is what laid the framework down for me to honor and protect my worth. We had to look at the opposite of what brought me joy in those situations. Experiences that make me question myself, question what I deserve, And then I draw a box around that to protect my heart from any of it. And these are the boundaries that I live in now. If a relationship or a certain situation makes me question my value or my worth, I have to decide what about that is causing me to feel that way and then figure out how can I put up a boundary to continue to feel like my best self. Sometimes that's going to look like an ending of a relationship. Sometimes it's just going to look like adjustments. The healthier you get in your journey with therapy or just self-discovery, the more you see where your relationships might not be serving your greatest good. You really start to see where you need to make adjustments to keep the people in your life who want to remain there and then also part ways with the people who haven't earned that place in your life. And let me tell you that boundaries are hard. I had many conversations with my therapist because What if I say all of this and the other person gets so upset and retaliates or blows up and that relationship that I have valued and been a part of for my whole life sometimes is just gone? Well, she told me their reaction is their pain to own. That is their pain to work through. How someone responds to your boundaries is information for you to have and use. And that's it. It's not yours to carry. It's not yours to fix. And that, I think, for me, has been the most powerful realization in my journey to self-worth. How people react to you, I say again, is theirs to own. You do not have to be responsible for fixing that pain. And that can be hard, especially if you are a people pleaser like I was, and still can be. It's just my instinct to try then to overcompensate and put my needs on the back burner just to make sure everyone else is happy and comfortable. And that's not, who, that's not who I wake up and aim to be every day. Is it hard to set and hold those boundaries? Absolutely. There are going to be times when things start to feel overwhelming. And that's where you really have to focus on self-care. Which is described as taking the time to do things that help you live well and improve both your physical health and mental health. You are caring for yourself as a whole body, mind, and spirit. So how can we develop healthy self-care practices? How do we know what's considered self-care? What, where's the line? And Hannah, you and I have talked about this so many times. And self, because self-care is going to look different for everyone. Yeah. Because everyone has different needs and levels of comfort. For me, one night out, and I need at least three to recover (laughs) to get back to my, my best self. So that was a lot, but I feel like as part of my journey to my best self, it's important to be honest and open about 
the struggles that I went through so people can understand maybe a little glimpse into why I am the way I am and why certain things affect me in ways that maybe it wouldn't affect someone else. Like criticisms on my how I choose to pursue my dating life. (laughs) Those can feel like attacks because when I am used to hearing all of the things that I do wrong and never having acknowledgement for the things that I've done right, it is just, it's hurtful. Even now, as I'm working on myself, things are still going to affect me because of what I've been through. I know that we were still always talking and whatnot. I mean, it wasn't like it is now, We but right. we kept in contact. Yeah. Um, I just didn't realize how bad it was. I knew that, I mean, obviously, I knew that I had some concerns and didn't quite agree with some things, um, but I had no idea that it was that bad. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where, it's easier to let everyone else think that everything's okay because then you don't have to face it. And it really did feel like I was the problem. And I just didn't want to hear people tell me that because that's what I assumed I would hear is that I was the problem or I would be told like, you need to leave. And in my head, that just wasn't an option. Like he loved me, right? Like, this was this was my family. Of course I'm not going to leave. Yeah, I think you and I even had a conversation and you I feel like now this is my perspective, but I felt like that you took offense to I me remember exactly the conversation that we had. You were not happy with my suggestions. Yep. Because it felt like the only suggestion was you got to go. And it's in my time. head, it's time. Yeah. yeah. In my head I was like, "No, I need solutions on how I can fix this. I need to know what I can do." To make this better. And I think on the outside, we all saw that it wasn't, there wasn't anything that you could do to make it better. Yeah. And, you know, even reflecting now, I'm like, dang it, I did a lot to try. Yeah. I tried really hard. You definitely did. And I honor, I, I honor that now. Like, I know that I did everything I could do, if not more than what I should have done. And it just... It just wasn't enough because we were not meant to work together. And I know now, like, that's okay. But somewhere along that journey, I feel that I could have done more for myself in ways of self-care. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that completely. Because, you know, he would say, you need a hobby. Where, you know, that's maybe him saying, you need to take care of yourself and do things on your own. So you're not bugging me all the time. In reality, he was right. But I was also right, too, that I wanted quality time with him. And I have to remember that. You could have had both. Yeah. You could have had your I should have had both. You should have had both. Yes. (laughs) A hobby or hobbies. Yeah. And quality time with him. Not, you know, I'm going to be the one that, you know, we both go to work all day. I'm going to come home and take care of everything. And then when I'm all said and done for the day, the kids are asleep, then there's we have nothing maybe left 20 for minutes. Me. There's yeah. nothing left for me. Well, and when he would work out and be up at 5 a.m., he'd be asleep at 8. Yeah. And then by the end of the relationship, he was just on the couch. He just didn't even sleep in the bed with us and with me anymore because I snore. Which I want to just say, he snored first. 
<laughs> he snored when we first got together. And I remember my brother, Caleb, when we, because Caleb and I lived together when he and I started dating my ex. And Caleb the next morning was like, you know, he snores real bad, right? I'm like, bro, <laughs> yes, I know that. Like, I'm aware. But then he got really, really skinny and stopped snoring, apparently. And I got really, really fat and started snoring. But at the end of the day, if, you know, time travel were a thing and I could go back and fix one thing about my relationship, I wouldn't. But I would fix something about my relationship with myself. And I would have done more things that brought me joy. I would have gone home. 40 minutes is not that long. I could have gone home on a weeknight, came over to see Hannah, came over to see Time, visited my family, and come home that night. He could have figured it out. Yeah, you could have left right after school. Absolutely could have. plenty of time. But my controlling nature wouldn't allow me to because in my head, I'm like, those kids are not going to be fed appropriately. He's going to give them crap for dinner. They're going to be hellions when I get home. Homework's not going to have been done. And then I'm just going to have to do everything for the night in a much shorter condensed time frame. So I digress. This is not an episode about my failed relationship, but rather my failed relationship with myself and my finding my self-worth in that failed relationship. So Bianca, I love that you were open and honest enough to share that experience because if it was hard for you to say, it was hard for me to listen to. Yeah. And not because it made me uncomfortable or anything like that. It's because I love you and I it hurts me to know that you were hurting that way you know self-worth it's important because it impacts everything you do from your relationships to how you work how you feel about yourself and how others view you but most importantly how you view yourself yeah and I don't do this as much as I should but I try to when my kids are struggling or even if they're not struggling, I'll be like, okay, like, especially my, my girls. Yeah. And I, I feel bad saying that because my boy is just as important, but he thinks a lot of himself most of the time. So I'm not <laughs> He's worried. He's got pretty good self-esteem. <laughs> but I'll be like, repeat after me. You know, I am important. Yeah. I am smart. I am loved. I am cared for. And I, and they, and they repeat those to me. I'm beautiful inside and out. I want them to say that and believe that, but we also need to be doing that for ourselves. I know growing up, my mom would put Bible verses, like a different Bible verse every week, or sometimes it might be up for a month on her mirror when she was getting Mm -hmm. ready. I love that. I do too. And I actually found a couple that I was like, ooh, I really like these. And everyone knows that I'm more spiritual. So for you spiritual people, um, I have a few that are good affirmations. If you're having a hard time coming up with what you can say to yourself, this is what God says about you. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's Jeremiah 29, 11. Psalm 28, 7 says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And I really like that because sometimes 
I feel the exact opposite of powerful. I feel defeated. I feel weak. And it's nice to remember that it's, you know, we are powerful. Yes, we are. And I think positive affirmations are good. There was a show that I used to watch with Gabrielle Union and it. She did something very similar. She had post-it notes all over her bathroom mirror of inspirational quotes, positive affirmations, things that she would read and say to herself to encourage herself to be her best self. So I think that that's important, especially if you need that visual reminder to be kind to yourself and that reminder that you are beautiful. And I remember our friend time long time ago, 2010, 2009, maybe told me to look in the mirror and say, you are beautiful. You are gorgeous. You are this. And I couldn't. I was like, that is dumb. I can't do that. It's not dumb, but it it's is hard. It's not dumb. It is it, hard. That, I miss, you know, back then, 19-year-old Bianca mislabeled the emotion, but I was like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> but when, what it really was is I couldn't acknowledge that for myself. Even at 19, I couldn't acknowledge that. So parents of children, encourage them early to affirm that they are wonderful human beings and that they can accept that they are beautiful and they are worthy of love. I also think that affirmations don't just have to be, I am wonderful, I am smart, I am kind, I'm, you know, intellectual. It can, it can be, I am in control of my life. Yep. I choose whether I have a good day or not. I am in charge of my future. I have a, an app. It's the I am app and it gives you an affirmation almost hourly. And it literally right now says, I have value and am worthy of love. And that's my affirmation for right now. I love that. I've said this so many times that I wish that you could see yourself through my eyes because I see somebody who does have flaws and isn't perfect, but this wonderful person. You mentioned something at some point about, you know, you can be funny. You are literally one of the funniest people (laughs) I know. Like, I don't think there's ever been one conversation we've had where we have not laughed at least once, (laughs) even if we were crying in that conversation. And see, I, I wish that I could acknowledge that in myself. You know, I think, yeah, I'm, I, I guess I'm funny. But it's like, I think that when people give me compliments, it's to make me feel better about myself. Instead of th- feeling that it's genuine. Authentic, yeah. And I think that has to do with just developing and learning my self-worth and my value. And I will say, if I can make Neil laugh, that makes me feel good. <laughs> Because he can, he's a tough crowd. And he is very funny, too. He is very funny. And he makes me laugh. But I, I laugh all the time. Like, I don't think that I've gone a day in my life that I haven't laughed at least 50 times. I laugh a lot through tough times. And I think maybe that's just a coping mechanism that I've developed through life is I'm just going to make a joke. And I think I've kind of developed that and learned that I can make jokes about everything and it's okay to joke about funny things. And I don't always have to make jokes about the really bad times that are going on in my life. I think that maybe being funny is a part of my self-care and being able to laugh and blow off steam. I know my therapist has told me that when you are anticipating a harder day where you know your boundaries are going to be pushed or you know that you're going to have 
an experience that is uncomfortable. Prepare and maybe have self-care before and or schedule time afterwards to decompress from that. So some of the things that I've talked about as self-care for me, I really like to walk outside. I really like to be around nature. I like to be in the open. I like the air. I like the smells. I like the sounds. It just is soothing and calming to me. So that is something that I've been able to do now that I'm home because there are more opportunities and areas to be in nature in my hometown because as we have said multiple times, it's a very small town and we live in the country. So there's trees, there's corn, there's beans, there's all kinds of scenery. So Hannah, what are some self-care things that you do? Like, what are some activities that you do for self-care? So, you know, I'm a busy mom who, you know, runs a household, who runs a nursing facility, is a co-owner of a business, and it's really difficult sometimes to find time for self-care. I do like, you know, taking time for myself, but it doesn't always look like fun. Right, because I think we we might have mentioned earlier, self-care is going to look different for everybody because it's going to meet different needs at different times. Absolutely. Yeah, even self-care tomorrow might look different than my self-care today. Like tonight, after we are finished recording, I'm going to need some self-care because I was able to purge so much heavy stuff. My brain is tired. You know, that's exhausting to put myself in that emotional, vulnerable state. I don't cry. I'm not a I'm not a crier. I am more now than I used to be, but I don't really enjoy crying in front of people because it just that's just not my thing. I just don't like to do it. So I know that after this today, I'm going to need some self-care, and that's probably going to look like me making a big ass bowl of cereal and watching 2020 from 2018 <laughs> in my room by myself. <laughs> I love that self-care. <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound wonderful? It does. <laughs> So I don't ever take a bath. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things when I was doing research that I read tons and tons of articles said take a bath. Yeah. And I think it's because when we take a shower, we're not really enjoying it. We're just doing what we need to do to get through. It's just a job. It is just another, it's another chore on your list of to-dos for the day. Another box to check. But a bath is supposed to relax and you're, you know, sitting there. Now, I will have to say the OCD cling in me would take a bath (laughs) Then get up and take a shower because oh sitting gosh. in water just grosses me out. I don't know. <laughs> but I love the idea of sitting in the bath and just enjoying the warm water and the calmness. Yeah. Well, and there's something about water, too, that's really soothing. I put that on my um, what makes me feel good, like what makes me feel my best self. When I'm in the water, I love to be in the I pool. I love being in the water. It just, I don't, there's just something about water that's so peaceful. But yes, self-care can look different depending on what you need it for. So taking a bath might be a great self-care. And then the next day, it might look like putting your phone on silent for an hour and detaching from the world. Well, and that's really hard for me because I technically am on call Mm -hmm. 24-7 unless I have put in like specific dates that I am on vacation because at any point at any time something can come up at my building and they need to at least let me know of something so my phone 
is kind of, I mean, it gives me anxiety sometimes. Like, Absolutely. I'm on it all the time for everything. Girl, when that phone rings, I get anxiety. I'm like, oh. <laughs> But it, it can look like I'm going to go in another room where I can still hear my phone, but I'm yeah. not looking at my phone. Yeah. Not looking or thinking or not answering my emails because they come to my phone but after I get off of work, I don't have to respond to those emails. No, you do not. Unless there is a urgent matter in my building, I don't have to be available 24-7. Yeah. And see, the difference, I think, because when I was teaching, that was kind of a boundary that I made for myself, is I am not going to put my email on my phone because I don't want to have access to that outside of school because then I'm not present with my family. For you, it's different because you are the boss. You have to be in the know when something's yeah, going on. Absolutely. And and I, if I'm not in the building for any reason, because I am so accessible all the time, it's hard for me to get away. So I might make an appointment for myself at, you know, 9 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning and be out of the building for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I have my email, I at least know what's going on. Right. You can stay connected that way. Yeah. I almost wonder... If there's a way that you could write out like a list of topics, like these are all email topics. Don't call me to tell me this. These are all phone call conversations. Call me immediately if these things happen. And that could balance that work life. You know that. It has gotten a lot better. I did that and it it has gotten Good. a lot better. I don't get a lot of phone calls. It um, really has improved, I'd say. Matt calls me more than anything. Matt. Stop <laughs> calling Hannah Matt. <laughs> I don't know if you listen. <laughs> but he is a staffing coordinator and does so much for me. And he's yeah. usually just calling to let me know, hey, I did this or I took care of this or, it, or hey, I'm going to do this. Is this yeah. okay? And We're just kidding. We yeah. love Matt. <laughs> Matt doesn't know who I am. Matt, you're welcome to call Hannah anytime you want. <laughs> but it is important to have those boundaries with work, I think. Oh, yeah. And I honestly think that's a form of self-care is developing those boundaries to honor yourself when you're at home. Because when you're at home and you're constantly thinking about work, you're not present with your family or whoever you're at home with, you know. So having that boundary there allows you then to be the best version of yourself when you are at home. Absolutely. And I will say that, um, you know, another thing that for me, I like sleep. <laughs> yeah. Preach I, this. <laughs> I mean, I love my sleep. And sometimes I don't sleep very good and I get really frustrated because I know every day is like packed full. Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter what it is, what day. I don't care if it's a Saturday. It's usually got something going on and I'm like, "Well, you've got three kids, a busy husband who's, you know, very active in his softball career." No, uh, but waking up, you know, 15 minutes to 30 minutes earlier, I know that's hard, especially for me. Mm -hmm. If you're like me, I get it. It's hard. But if you can wake up 15 to 30 minutes earlier and read a daily devotional, Bible verses, motivational passage, you know, pray, meditate, or just even watch TikTok, give yourself a little bit of time in the morning to just breathe before it's balls to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like it put you are able to put your mindset exactly where it needs to be Mm -hmm. before just jumping out of bed and rushing I hate when I rush I hate when I oversleep because not only am I rushing myself but I'm rushing my kids and I feel horrible when I do that 
there it's like we gotta go i've done it so many times where i've like accidentally hit my snooze button and then didn't wake back up right. like we gotta go we're running late could you imagine somebody coming in at you're an adult coming in at as an adult i'd be like <laughs> we gotta go we gotta go come on, come on, come on. your whole day is gonna be oh just feeling gosh. frazzled yeah. and i have done that to my kids so just being able to wake up who hasn't get, done that to their kids oh i, I, I'm I not, don't yeah <laughs> don't don't feel bad i'm sure that that happens to everybody even though it's probably not great for them it it happens we're people we're humans we it's yeah. going to happen so, like, in the morning, sometimes I will just read my Just for Today. It gets emailed to me every day, the night. Like, I feel like they email at, like, a, like 11.45 p.m., yeah. <laughs> you know? So, it doesn't matter what time of day you look at it the next day. But I look at that, and I'll read it, and it's Just for Today, da 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 motivational, whatever. And Just for Today, you're going to focus on this one thing that you can do Just for Today to help you stay clean. My mom also has given me, like, a little calendar, but it's not actually – it has the date on it, but it's not a calendar. It's just, like, a little motivational passage with a Bible verse. That takes, like, 30 seconds. But then you could also go and look at those Bible verses and get a little bit more in-depth. Like, there's just a lot of things. Sometimes I get on my phone to play games. I bet you do that little sorting game. Huh? What is that sort like the the matching I spy game? game or I'm or trying something? to like get people's landmarks on Monopoly, you know? Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> Start the day with violence. <laughs> <laughs> Woke up and chose violence. <laughs> I just feel like if you can just give yourself a little bit of time before you actually have to put your feet off off of the bed and hit the floor, it puts you in a better headspace for the day. Yeah, I've heard that that you get up. I've heard people, you know, recommend getting up however early before your alarm or before you need to start getting ready and just sitting in quiet, sitting yeah. in the silence, Medita- yeah, meditate. reflect, set your intentions for the day, like you were saying. Yeah. You also said something just now that made me, it kind of reminded me of something that I've heard. You said, you know, you do this before your feet hit the floor. I've also, I've heard something recently that it's, it talks about being where your feet are. So being oh, present. I love that. Yeah, being present in the moment. So like my feet are here in this podcast, recording this podcast. I need to stop looking at my phone. This is not important. What I'm doing right now is important and brings value to my life. When I'm with my family, I need to be where my feet are. I need to be where my family is. I need to leave my phone alone. And I need to be with them and engage with them and be present. And that's something that, I mean, you just the little before your feet at the floor, it made me think of like, be where your feet are. I think that is a, a way to practice self-care. I'm like getting that tattooed on my body. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I love that. I love Be it. where your feet are. Yeah. I I definitely could do better with that. Oh, me too. I think everybody could. To, if, you're, if you're being honest, I think everybody could be more present in the moment um, and Girl, appreciate yes. it. I will say when we were at the concert... I did get out my phone a few times to take, like, pictures or videos yeah. for the most part. I put my phone down. Like, he was like, I was so in the moment that I didn't even think I don't have my flashlight on like everybody <laughs> else. Because I was just trying to be, like, in that moment and, yes. like, remembering every detail of yes. what this feels like. Exactly. I'm, I was the same way. I didn't text people while I was there. I wasn't Me trying either. to talk to anybody. By the way, we saw Ed Sheeran in concert. He, he was, was amazing. Amazing. You need to see him. We stan Ed Sheeran. 
But even when I was recording the videos, I felt like I need to stop doing this and just watch him and just enjoy this because yeah. it was like one of the greatest moments of my life was getting to see this man in concert. His his music has moved me so much. And to see him perform it live and to then engage with the audience, it just felt like even holding up my phone to record him felt like I wasn't giving it the respect it deserved, you know? I, I felt the same way. And I know you and I both had like a very deep reaction to yes. one of his songs. And I felt like in that moment, I knew why you took that song so hard. Mm-hmm. I knew why I took that song so hard. But it it like, that's just how good music is. Yep. It, yours is a completely different situation than mine. And we both felt so, such a strong emotion. Yeah. Grief and loss <sighs> is powerful. And we will have a whole episode about that. Maybe part one and two. It, yeah. At this point, it might be a part one and two. Yeah. I'm not sure that I could talk for a whole episode about <laughs> the loss that I've experienced. Uh, but we, yes, we experienced, we were able to feel that. It because was, we allowed even ourselves. Even the people around us, it was like, we had this couple behind us mm-hmm. and they were so nice and they were like dancing and they, singing. <laughs> the guy sang so loud that at one point I was like, dude, I can't hear you more than Ed Sheeran. I know, right? <laughs> I kind of felt like the guy next to me thought that about me. <laughs> I listened to some of the videos I took. I'm like, oh, I was singing loud. But no, that couple behind us like uh, tapped my shoulder and made a gesture to like take a photo. And I thought they wanted me to take their picture. I was like, Okay. And then she like reached for my phone. I'm like, ma'am, I don't want a picture of y'all on my phone. What are you doing? <laughs> and then they're like, no, we want to take a picture of you like with the concert behind I you. I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was so very, nice. it was very kind. You don't people like that very often anymore. You don't. We all need to try to be more like that couple. Yes. They definitely, salt to the earth. <sighs> salt to the awesome. earth. So kind of getting back on the topic of self-care because <laughs> I can talk about Ed Sheeran and that concert for hours. Yeah. Um, I had a really bad habit for a while of eating out all the time because I didn't plan for the week ahead and I was just tired and exhausted and didn't sure. want to cook. So I've been working really, really hard on meal planning, not so much prepping, just meal planning. I have a plan. I have those ingredients in my house for the most part, and I am going to cook this on this day and this on this day so that my family have a home cooked meal at least four to five times a week. Yeah. Now, with that, it's okay. If you're already doing that and you're exhausted, a self-care might be take your family and go eat out. Yep. Go away Amen. from the house. <laughs> where Leave you don't have the chores. house. <laughs> you don't have, you're not thinking of a million things or looking around going, oh my gosh, I need to do the dishes or I need to put away this laundry or whatever and just get out of your house, spend some time with your family, eat out. Or here's another one. Leave your kids at home with a babysitter. <laughs> Take your husband or wife out and have dinner. Amen. Testify. <laughs> Continue to date each other. Yes. We will say that probably a thousand times. Yes, we will. I also really enjoy like take like taking my family out for ice cream. Like oh, after yeah. we've ate dinner, mm-hmm. they enjoy it. We don't have to be gone long. So if we've had a busy day, it's not going to take a lot of time out of our day. But it's something that can like be a fun thing to just have a memory and a happy moment at the end of our day with each other and being present in that moment. Yeah. And I think cooking dinner is a really good example of how that self-care is going to look different for everybody. Because like you said, self-care for you is cooking and like planning it. And I know that you love to cook. You love to bake. I love it. But other people are like 
hell to the no. <laughs> I'm not cooking for this family. Hell We're tired. No, it's no, no. <laughs> We've got three ball games this week. You know, we've got practices. We've got this. We've got that. Self-care is going to look like calling and ordering a pizza. And it better be from Casey's because that's the only acceptable pizza in this town or any town. I will I die on that hill. want to hear from <laughs> anybody that does not have a Casey's, what is your favorite pizza? <laughs> yes. Have you never had Casey's pizza from the gas station? <laughs> it's literally a gas station. It's a Midwest thing for sure. I think it is. Yeah. Well, and I just bought a planner and mm-hmm. a lot of people will be like, that sounds like work. But <laughs> I bought a planner and wrote every single thing that I knew I had going on for the next almost year in this planner, whether it's, you know, what we're recording for the podcast and, you know, what, when things are dropping and what we're recording that week and all that, my kids' school dates of when they don't have school or when they're getting out of school or um, birthdays, baby due dates, all of those things. And it, like, was so good for me to put all of this stuff that I have going on in my head on paper where I could go, okay, that's done. And if I, like, I'm like, oh, what is that or whatever, all I have to do is open that up and it's right there. Yep. The type A in me is obsessed with planners. I have three calendars and a notebook because I have to write it all down or I'll forget. Low key, I am the perfect secret keeper because I won't remember what you told me the next day. But Doing things like that brings me joy. Making it, it lists, making plans. Me joy as well. <laughs> so if you are like that and that brings you joy, go buy a planner. Go buy a damn spiral notebook for 88 cents at Walmart and just write down things that you have to do today. To-do list. Yeah, you can make a today do- to-do list or uh, this week or you can write in there what your plans are for meals or yep. whatever and- it might be. And I think that's a good point to make that you don't have to keep that in your head anymore because it's written somewhere. Yes. Because, it like takes the pressure off. Well, yeah. When you're busy, you know, your brain just kind of chooses what it wants to remember when it wants to remember. Like, I don't need to know who I sat next to in the third grade or why Mrs. Sonnaker's class had lilacs on the desk during map testing. I need to know when my doctor's appointment is next week. I need to know what payments I need to have made by the end of the you're month. You're a psycho. <laughs> I know my brain chooses to remember the most random of topics. But anyway, self-care is taking care of yourself and (laughs) writing things down if that is what serves you. Another thing that I looked up and I truly believe is having a morning and a night self-care routine. So that doesn't mean that you have to spend a whole lot of money or buy all this stuff to do self-care with. It just means like having a routine. For example... When you have a child that has a hard time going to bed at night, anybody who is a parent will tell you, get a good nighttime routine. Yeah. Get a bath. Have that bath at the same time. Start, like, turning, like, TVs off and shutting lights off that in rooms that you don't need to, like, prepare that child Mm -hmm. that it is time to go to bed. Well, we need the same thing. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I know if I'm up at nine o'clock and I'm looking at TikToks, I don't sleep good or I don't sleep as good as I would if I like am not watching tons of like the I guess I still watch TV, but it's not the like every minute the, of a different the stimulation of your brain, really. Yeah. I like 
you know, going to sleep to true crime and hearing about people being cut up and murdered. And yeah, all that I stuff. read that's not good for you. I read that there could be a problem if that type of thing soothes you. It does soothe me. I sleep really good. <laughs> I think it's the voices of the narrators that soothe I me. I do too. My goodness. They could, I could listen to them, like the Dateline narrators. I'm just like, okay, bro. You're yes, talking me to sleep. It just calms me. But it's you know like who this else? Monotone voice. You know what else has a good narrator? Planet Earth. Oh, it's I like don't know. Morgan I've never Freeman. watched that before. Exactly, but it's so soothing. <laughs> I should probably check. It I would out. rather fall asleep to the jellyfish <laughs> than, you know, the murders. Self care is also what you put in your mind. Yeah, what you put in is what will come out. I had to take a break. There's a podcast that we. I would listen to um, that was, you know, true crime, but it also included a lot of really vulgar language. They were a little more explicit than the podcasts that I listen to now. And I remember I kind of got in a really dark place and I had to stop. And I don't think I've actually listened to that podcast since because it was so dark and heavy. Now I listen to, you know, more like the prosecutor's podcast where it's not explicit at all. It's very professionally done. I listen to Big Mad True Crime. She curses, but it's not. It's funny. It's like comedic vulgarity. Um, and then Crime Junkie. And that's, they're all very easy to listen to. But this other Ashley one was Flowers just. Flowers voice can put me to sleep. There you go. I, yes. She's a very good narrator. She, I wish she would like narrate like a Colleen Hoover book. Oh, that'd be good. I'm just an idea. If Ashley Flowers ever listens to this, <laughs> it's an idea. So speaking of books, actually, that is also a really good yep. self-care practice. It's on my list. I love to read. I love to <sighs> read too. and because you just get lost and you don't have to worry about what's going on around you because Your you're invested. Your mind goes to a different place. Exactly. You're invested in another person's story, in another person's life. And for me, my, my brain is, I am a very visual person. So as I am reading words, my mind starts painting this picture mm -hmm. and I can, it's like I'm watching a movie. But it's my movie that my mind has created. That is why I will always advocate that you read the books before you see the movies. Oh, yeah. It might ruin the movies for you, but I really do think that books typically are a better experience in the end because you get to create the image in your head. Yes. I don't know about you. Probably doesn't apply to you so much now with your job. But in the past, think about your jobs in the past. Mm -hmm. I like pulling up to my house after a day of work before I go into my house and giving myself like 20, 30 minutes and I listen to music or finish a podcast that I might have started on my drive home and just chill. Like, I don't know what it is about sitting in the driveway in my car, but it is, it is self-care. It I feels never, so good. Even in the jobs that I've had, I've never done that. I I've only it. done that with you. I work from home now. That's why it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> well, yes, it doesn't apply because you work at home and you don't have that drive. And yeah, I just, it, but that also comes with its own set of yep. challenges because how do you separate that and find peace after work? When but for me right now, because I'm single, it's pretty easy. Like I just kind of do to do, do go to the living room and hang out with my dogs. But like when I worked at in Grain Valley, my commute was 30 seconds. Yeah. And that I see, I could have, I probably could have benefited from just sitting in the car for a half an hour every day and just listen to music or anything. Uh, whenever I worked with like kids in foster care, residential care, 
a lot of inner city kids that um, had been through a lot, they always, I would take them to the bus stop sometimes in the morning and they would always be like, why y'all listen to this music? Why why y'all listen to this music? It was because, and I would tell them, I'm dealing with you. So a self-care for me (laughs) is K-Love, positive Christian music. It just, like, and I I know that I just said I love going to sleep to true crime. (laughs) But when I'm in the car, I like to have that positive music just playing because I will tell you, I love all music. But there are certain, you know, types of music or certain songs that I do like. But if I listen to it too much, it puts me and my mind in a place that is not healthy. So, like, having that positive music. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be Christian music. That's just my example. I had this kid one time said, oh, it's Jesus music. Never mind. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. Yes, Hannah and her Jesus music. (laughs) They always wanted me to put on, like, music that I don't think is horrible, but it's not for me. It's not what I want to put into my mind every day. Yeah, it doesn't serve you, and it that's okay. It doesn't, yeah. But I, I just thought that was funny because the one kid was like, oh, it's Jesus. Okay. And we'll, we'll give you a you, pass. You get a pass. <laughs> you get a pass. Jesus, Jesus gets a pass. <laughs> and I, I love music, too. And I think that I can find music to help in any situation. You know, if I'm feeling down, I can absolutely find music that will help me feel worse. <laughs> you know, oh, like, yeah. if you really want to feel that pain, you can find a song for that. If you want to be brought up and out of that place, there's a song for that. Music really is just food for the soul. And it's just, you choose your food wisely. How do you want to feel? I feel like music, like, picks up where, and I know that music has words, but I feel like music picks up where words can't go any farther. Yeah. And it's, it's an experience. It's a feeling. And honestly, just like I said, listening to music that concert this last weekend was self-care just yeah being it was an experience you know so I also wanted to say that if you are listening and you are not a female self-care applies to you as well what a great point I was thinking about it I felt like it had been kind of weighing heavy on me of I I need to reach out and explain that self-care is not just a woman thing because I feel like a lot of people think of it as like a face mask or a spa. A bubble bath. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't, that, that is not the case. Nope. And I will talk a lot about being a mom who works and then goes home to kids and all of that. But we also have men who do the same do thing. Do the same thing. Or maybe not. Maybe you're not a dad, but you work all day mm-hmm. and you're dealing with coworkers or a boss or your family or whatever. It could be anything. Self-care applies to you, too. And I know that, like, for me and my situation, Zach doesn't live close to his family. He lives about an hour away. So self-care for him, a good thing that I think, and I can tell is good for him, is when either he goes on his own or we go all together as a family and visit his parents. Absolutely. For someone who didn't have that as an option a lot, I could come home if I wanted to, but it was only just me that could go home yeah, or that would go home or me and the kids. It was never a family thing. I would have appreciated that. I also think, you know, for men, studies show that they struggle a lot with seasonal depression 
And I think getting outside, whether it's being active or having fun, like playing golf, playing softball, um, going on a walk, going on a hike, kayaking, bird watching, bird watching, (laughs) swimming, fishing, just being outside, you know, going to a race and watching other people, right? I mean, just being outside. But I was thinking about that with seasonal depression Mm -hmm. and how if we're not doing self-care and we're not putting ourselves outside, even when it's cold, I feel like we have to find something. So what would your, if you were, if you were, you know, somebody that was giving suggestions to a guy what would your self-care be for wanting to be outside when it's not convenient because it's cold? Well, you kind of threw that one out of left field at me, but I think, I think that there are options for our male listeners to do whenever it is cold outside and they still want to be active. They have like, if they're into sports, they have indoor fields, you know, like they have domes you know indoor soccer they offer i think indoor softball in some places flag football ice skating ice skating there you go they also have like simulators where you can go and pretend to play golf you know if it's too cold outside i don't know if they you know i've never done top golf but i i'm sure that you could do that when it's cold yeah bowling we love bowling bowling. and that's like a family (laughs) affair that's fun i think there's a lot of things you can do when the season is not favorable, yes, that still gets you active and you can do things and not just have to sit inside and be sad because that's what I do and I need to be more aware and intentional about what I do during the cold, t- the cold months. I love fall. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the weather gets to be frigid... <laughs> I'm out. I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to get out of my car. Like if I've been in the car and it's warm now and I have to go into a grocery store, going to work, I will sit there for like 10 minutes. Like, oh, and it's usually dark. Yes. Cause it's always dark. It is always cold. dark. And that's why we get depressed. And that's why we have to practice self-care and be intentional yes. about getting ourselves out the house. And men, if you are okay with taking a bath, or oh, yeah. washing your face. Let me just tell you something. There ain't nothing sexier than a man that does a little self-care, like physical self-care. Go ahead. <laughs> get your pedicures. Get your toes done. We love a man with good nails. Yeah. Get your eyebrows waxed because. Whatever. I'm telling you, some of y'all be a little bushy. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is true. And it is a good point to acknowledge that self-care is not just for women. Self-care is for everybody. Yep. Because men carry a, a burden too. You know, some it is projected on men that they have to be the providers. They have to be strong. They've got to carry the weight of the family. And they are less likely to talk about that. Women are very vocal. Very true. Yeah. Like, I don't have a problem speaking my mind. But men or, you know, some women, it's hard. It's hard to express that and to verbalize that and to put it into words. So it's okay to say, hey, I need a break. Or I need to go take a 20-minute drive and just sit and look at the sunset over the river. It's my favorite thing to do. There's a spot in town where the old bridge used to be that connected our town to the neighboring town. And they blasted the bridge away because it was literally falling apart. So unsafe. So unsafe. If you know, you know. But I will sit there 
at where they tore the bridge down and I will just look over at the river and watch the sun go down sometimes. And it's, it's peaceful and it's just, you, it doesn't require anything. I just have to drive there and sit there and everything feels calm and good. So this last year with honestly doing an about face, as Neil said yeah, prior in one of our episodes, I going to meetings <laughs> yeah. is um, self-care for me. Like I'm feeling rough. I need to go to a meeting. I know that that is going to fill my cup. It's going to make me be like, okay, I'm doing this. We're in this together. I got this. And everyone else is having a hard time too. Like it is not just me out here going, today was really hard. Like other people are having a hard time. And guess what? They're clean just like I am. Yep. I think that's great. I listen to a lot of self-help type. I don't I don't necessarily read self-help books anymore. I like to read for enjoyment, but I listen to podcasts, um, like YouTube videos, TED Talks, things like that that are self-help or inspirational. And I remember this couple and I wish that I could, if I knew, I would like give you the resource, <laughs> tag it in this episode, but I don't, but I wish I remembered. There was a couple and they talked about how neither one of them could ever really be 100%. And I'm going to say this about this marriage, but I feel like it applies to more than just marriages. So every day when they come home, they say, where are you? One of them might say, I'm at 30%. And the other one will say, I got your 70. The next day, this one might say, I'm at a 90%. They're like, okay, I got your 10. And we do this to where we know where we are with the day. I feel like you can do that with friendships. Bianca, mm-hmm. you and I could be doing that every time we sit down to do this podcast. It's like, yeah. hey, where are you today? Right. Because one of the times I was probably at a 20. Yeah. And I and I knew you were. Yeah. And, at, at, and to, if we're being honest, and we can be because this is what this is about, I did not want to record that day because I felt like she was going to have to force herself to be something that she wasn't. And she pushed through, and it honestly probably was the best thing for you because it yeah. brought your mood up. I felt wonderful. I honestly think that doing this is a form of self-care for me. It is for me, too. I like, I like this. I get to sit down. I get to talk and be honest. And like today, I get to really kind of purge all of this hurt and all of this anger that I've carried for so long. And it just is very therapeutic. And also therapy is kind of my self-care. I therapy I, that was every two on weeks list too. Yep. Every two weeks on payday, I go to therapy because I need it. It was every week for a couple months. And now I'm, I'm going every other week because I'm learning how to navigate life and regulate myself but I can tell, I'm like, whew, I think I'm getting close to that two weeks. You know, I, I got to go, I got to go talk to my therapist about some of these things because I just am having a hard time with it. And then I go and sometimes I feel really shitty afterwards. But now more often than not, I feel refreshed and rejuvenated. I might need a big nap afterwards because it's it feels a lot. like work sometimes. Girl. It is work. It is work and it's exhausting, but I think that the work can also be self-care. Sometimes self-care is work. Sometimes you have to work to make sure that you are caring for yourself. Absolutely. And self-care is going to be intentional. 
Not everything with self-care is intentional, but it needs to be intentional. You need to be thinking, how can I take care of myself and how can I fill my cup? I am not currently in therapy, but I've done therapy for years. And I will tell you, there's nothing wrong with therapy. No. You might not like, I have had so many people and I will say with working with kids, a lot of kids that say, I, I don't like therapy. I, you know, they're not every therapist is going to match. Like they're right. not, they're not going to match your energy or vibe with you. That's okay. There's another one that will. Yeah, absolutely is. Therapy, therapy is good for anybody and everybody. I agree. I don't think that you have to be going through some huge life change oh, no. to go to therapy. You and could think you're totally healthy and you may be totally and healthy might, yeah. and you just Still need go. to be like once a month go in and be like okay so I have this coworker that keeps eating my lunch what do <laughs> I do I mean honestly it, yeah. therapy is good it's awesome to have an outside person that is not invested in your life they might be invested in you because they care about your well-being during therapy but they're not invested in your life they're not in your circle right and they can listen they can give you professional not just advice professional advice they can guide you in a professional way and they're not tied to anyone else so for example say I have an issue with somebody I might not want to talk to someone else that I'm friends with or whatnot because then that person has that weight of bearing of, well, I know this person and you just said all this stuff that yep. you bothering you. Those are called triangles and those are toxic. They are, yes, they are toxic and it it's not healthy. A therapist is somebody that is on the outside that legally cannot repeat anything you say <laughs> unless you're going to hurt yourself or somebody else. Right. In which case, please report that. Yes. When I researched self-care it brought up like things within yourself that self-care needs to address one of the things that we started doing was going to the gym it is hard for me to get up early in the morning the other day I was exhausted <laughs> at like eight o'clock I was like I am ready for bed yep. but the aspects of self-care within yourself that you should be addressing is your body your intellect your mind practical needs, social social needs, and spirit. I love that. I do too. I thought, I was like, wow, that, you know. So if you feel like you might be good in one area, maybe look at another area and say, okay, am I doing enough self-care in this area? You know, okay, maybe I go to the gym every day. So my body has the self-care. Right. But maybe my social needs, I'm not social enough or I'm not getting what I need in a social setting. Yeah. I think that's really good. I'm going to have you send that to me. Okay. Being intentional about caring for your mind, body, and soul is essential for a healthy lifestyle. And we know we can't fill others' cups if ours is always empty. Yep. That's how we opened this this podcast today, this episode. Yeah. You cannot fill from an empty cup. You no. really can't. You can't pour if your cup is empty. And let me tell you, as a mom mm -hmm. and a wife, I have tried and you can, you can, you can. It doesn't, right. it's not, it's not healthy. It's not good for you. No, and it's not healthy. I try to do everything for my kids and be there for them. And when I'm not taking care of myself, one or both of us are not healthy or happy. Yep. It's like you've got, you've got a lot of balls in the air. Yep. All right. Some of them are made out of glass. Some of them are made out of plastic. Some of them are made out of rubber. The balls that you can drop are not the glass ones. Yeah. You have to figure out what what is what am I balancing that is glass that if I drop this, 
there will be bigger consequences than if I drop a plastic ball. You know, maybe I made dinner plans with somebody on Saturday. I can drop that ball if I need to. Nobody's life is going to be affected if I have to cancel a dinner plan. You know, but I made a commitment to take somebody to the doctor, to the airport. That might be a little bit more of a bigger ball that I have to carry. I have to care for my children and make sure that they are healthy. That is a glass ball. And that's a lot of work. If there's one thing that you do take away from this episode today, it's that you are worthy of love. You do deserve respect. And you should honor that and you should honor yourself by allowing yourself to have a break and to take care of yourself, body, mind, and soul. Thank you for joining me today as I kind of relived this moment in my life. At first glance, it feels vulnerable because I know he could listen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that he has his own version of what happened. But it also feels empowering. And I feel like by giving my story and sharing these details that someone will hear that and think, you know what? I don't deserve this either. And they make that choice to love themselves and demand the respect that they deserve. I really appreciate you being vulnerable and open with myself and the listeners because even some of the things you said today I've never heard you say yeah um so I know that's vulnerable I know it's not easy I do appreciate the fact that you were trusting enough to put that out there um I'm very proud of you thank you and I am proud of the progress you've made again I will say I hope one day you can see yourself the way that I see you because it is an like I don't even I can't even explain it you and my mom are like top two people (laughs) thank you that is the highest of honors because Hannah's mom is a saint she is she's getting a sainthood she really is she really is she is she is the queen of my soul but thank you that does mean a lot to me it's hard to be vulnerable it's hard to share some of these things that have been private for so long, but I feel like maybe if I had heard something like this, I would have made a change a lot sooner. And maybe somebody can hear this and demand better for themselves. And I think that's going to conclude our episode today. I think that's a perfect point to stop. Okay. Well, we thank you for joining us today. I'm Bianca. I'm Hannah. And we are Taking Back Sunday. Or my mom. Why don't? Nope. (laughs) No, you're fine. I was just laughing. You're like, be clean. Be clean, be sober, be fruitful, and multiply. (laughs) It sounded very (laughs) culty.